Hello and welcome into another edition of Live from West End. Today we've got our Athletics Equinox edition, as uh, Aiden has uh, aptly dubbed it. Yep. Um, a lot going on here on West End. We've got men's and women's basketball kicked off on Monday. We've got football coming off a loss of South Carolina headed to Kentucky. And we've got soccer in the uh, uh, NCAA tournament after the SEC championships. Almost fumbled that one a little bit. Yep. But um, yeah, obviously a lot going on. We're going to jump into all of it. Just Aiden and I today. Um, to kind of, you know, uh, go over all, all these different things. So um, we'll start with, with men's basketball. Um, I, I think an interesting game. So so the men lost 76-67 to to Memphis on Monday night. Um, and I've, you know, as I've sat with it, I've had a couple takeaways because obviously playing a team like Memphis in your first game of the year is going to be a test one way or another, right? This, yep. isn't, this isn't a cupcake. Um, Memphis looked pretty solid. I, I think that they've got length and athleticism that's that's reminiscent of, of a lot of teams in the SEC. I mean, this is a legit, um, you know, team that there was a, a nine seed last year that that brought in a lot of uh, a lot of talent in the portal, and I think I think that showed. And so for Vanderbilt to look rusty and, and look like um, it was their first game in, in three years without their heart and soul, Scottie Pippen Jr. I thought. Um, wasn't necessarily misaligned with the expectations that I had going in. And I think even as you've seen the, the week progress in college basketball, um, there's been a lot of a lot of teams lose cupcakes to um, or, or lose games to cupcakes that that are a lot worse than what Vanderbilt did, whether it be you know Louisville losing to to Bellarmine last <laughs> night or wow. anything like that. Um, obviously, it wasn't uh, a great performance from. From the team, um, I, I think that there was a lot to be left, but I think having that context of, of playing a really good team, an older team in Memphis to start the season, and um, you know not having Scotty alongside with this team ha- has to be taken in some form. Yeah, I mean, Memphis, like you said, is no cupcake. I think they were the number 32-ranked team, according to Ken Palm. Like, mm-hmm. this, is a, this is a top 25 potential team tournament caliber, 100%. And I think Jerry Stackhouse mentioned it after the game. He said, you know, we we didn't schedule this to win. You don't learn anything from winning by 30 points. They wanted to learn from this game. And I think that, yes, it was not not the best game overall. Definitely a ton of takeaways that we're going to get into. I think that this team even though it was a bad loss, is still in good shape. I'm not I'm not yeah, concerned after this game. Yeah, I'm not necessarily worried. I think biggest things that the Speaking of those takeaways, is I mean this team is not going to win a lot of games when when Jordan Wright scores seven points and Liam Robbins scores seven points and, and you know half of those or, or a little under half came um, on three point balls from each of them in the last minute and a half, right? Like the thing that we've talked about in the preseason is that the construction of this roster is is 
that. So, um, you know, it's defensive oriented and there, there's going to need to be people that, that step up and, um, you know, provide offense. And, and when you're two um, kind of scorers who, who you would think to, to be the, the best options to do so, don't. I, I think that leaves um, a, a lot for everyone else to, to pick up in terms of slack um, across the way. And so I think, you know, keeping this within a relatively competitive margin um, when you were getting pretty much nothing from Jordan, pretty much nothing from Liam, I thought was, you know, obviously kind of backhanded, um, you know, a, a good sign for this team in that the depth three to three through 10 in terms of rotation is is better than it's been in the last four years, which I think is something that, that we had hoped before the season started. Yeah, I think overall the box score of this game is really misleading because I think that there were some really good contributors off the bench. Yeah. Like Colin Smith came in and, you know, he made one three. I thought Colin Smith looked fantastic. He looked really good. He looked I really energetic. like his, his builds yeah, and, and kind I, of the, the, yeah, the energy we, that he plays with. We were harping him a couple months ago when we were talking about, like, the preview. I think he's, yep. like, he could – Potentially, Robbie said it last week, be the best player on this team. I thought Malik Dia looked good. I like that they came in. My, and were, my X Factor, yeah. Malik Dia, yeah. I like that they things. came in and they were confident. I like that, and I think that they're going to stay confident. And to do that against Memphis tells me that, yeah, we're going to have some cupcakes now, and we're going to get looser and, and, and kind of figure it out as we go so that by the time the SEC comes, it's a much more confident yeah. team. Yeah, I, I thought that it was interesting to evaluate this game in terms of kind of Two groups, right? So you've got your starting five, um, which more or less we thought was kind of disappointing. Um, we mentioned Wright and, and Robbins. Tyron Lawrence was was decent. Um, Studi was decent, but you know, uh, not a ton from that group. But then you've also got, you know, this this bench group and kind of these these baby doors um, who are on a whole different developmental path, right? Because they're freshmen. Um, and, and they're not necessarily expected to come in and contribute quite as much. But I thought of that group, like you said, Smith was really impressive. Dio was really impressive. I thought Lee Dort stayed within himself yeah. a lot better than I would have thought. He's obviously raw, mm-hmm. um, and that's not something that we didn't expect. But I thought what he was able to bring, um, he understood yeah. and, and played within himself in that regard. And then I thought Trey Thomas, honestly, had, yeah. had a nice game as well. So looking at it within that lens, I think is like you mentioned, interesting to kind of figure out, especially against a team like Memphis, because to me, the biggest thing feels like as Vanderbilt, you know, goes on and plays a softer uh, non-conference schedule pretty much from here on out, um, is figuring out that nucleus and figuring out, you know, of that one through 10 in the rotation, you know, who lines up where and kind of what roles do they fill. So I thought in that way, um, I thought in that way it was it was beneficial and, and productive um, for for Stack has to get a little bit of feedback, like you said. I think it's going to be the type of thing where they really they found what they liked, what they didn't like in yeah. this hard matchup, and they're going to go on Friday. I think they're going to crush Southern Mississippi, and I think that they're going to look like a completely different and, team. And we forgot to even mention Emmanuel Ansong. Who I was I wanted we'll to give see, him a shout out. We'll yeah. see um, his status health wise. He, he took a hard fall on his shoulder, but he was fantastic as well. He was quietly becoming one of my like favorite guys on the team. Like yeah. he he was energetic. He was down in the paint getting rebounds. He was yeah. fighting like love the hustle. Kind of exactly That's just what, a winning player. Yeah, it's it's exactly what this type of team needs. Every right. team needs it. Um so hopefully we'll have him going forward. Hopefully Looked like it was just a really bad fall. He ended up coming back out from the locker room a couple minutes yeah, later. Yeah, and I can't tell if I think it's better that it's his shoulder rather than his head. 
Um, yeah. I mean, probably yeah. for the long term. Yeah. We might um, miss some time. Last thing personnel-wise before you know, we kind of move on to, to broader takeaways. I am curious about Ezra Manion because I thought in person his first step in his burst was as advertised. Yeah. And I, I thought that he was able to, to get downhill well. Um, I am curious to see if he is going to be able to, to finish amongst the trees at a level that, that garners him a, a productive offensive um, threat, you know, like he was yeah. able to be at UC Davis. Cause that was, that was a concern of mine. It, it seemed like he was able to get to the rim, but he wasn't necessarily able to create his own shot and get his own shot off um, to, to to have a good look once it gets there. And then again, you know, this is his first game playing at the power five level. Um, so there's going to be growth there as well, but that was just something I wanted to mention. Uh, thoughts yeah. on that. I, I love the way he got to the rim. I thought like he had some really nice moves. I yeah. thought there were a couple times where it took a really good play from Memphis defensively to get that ball. Like, and they're long, like yeah. we said, um, they were, I, they were big up front. I think a lot of, I really think a lot of this, um, the struggles that the team had offensively, especially looking at Mignon and Wright, is nerves. They're playing yeah. without Scotty Pippen. It's a new team. It's a new identity. They're figuring it out, and it's a first game against a great defense. I think that as the season goes on, Mignon's going to settle in. He's got these moves. He We yeah. know he has that, and I think he'll start finishing those and, moves a little And it has more. to be said, too, that, I mean, he was— pretty good against Kendrick Davis defensively. Obviously, Davis is, is going to yeah. get his, but I, I thought that he held his own. Obviously, Davis for Memphis is a little bit um, more of a smaller guard, which I think plays to his advantage because yeah. Mannion didn't look especially big in person, but I, I think you're right. Um, that kind of offensive tentativeness came you know, out of maybe nerves, maybe you know, having this be the first game without Scotty, whereas yeah. on defense where those – those nerves don't necessarily show up quite as much. I thought that they were pretty solid yeah, I um, and matched up well. I think other just broad takeaways from this one, the shooting I think will improve um, really wasn't great, especially from the outside until till the end of the game. Um, the box score, again, a little misleading. It'll look yeah, they a hit little a couple bit better. Right they had the three threes at the end of the game. So they really shot 33% from three, which is not exactly – what you want to see. I think that they can be better than that, especially with the amount be. of open looks that Stackhouse is able to, to draw up. Yeah, they, they had a lot of good looks, I felt. Yeah. Um, building back on your point just about the defense versus the offense, I'm a big believer. Obviously, it takes talent on both sides of the ball. I'm a big believer in effort playing mm -hmm. more of a role defensively, Yeah. and I think that we saw that. I think that they were working really hard, and if Mignon can keep that intensity level up, yeah. then he's going to be... A better defensive player than we expected from him and i think that offensively he's going to find his groove as well as jordan wright and robbins and and it goes hand in hand right by having a a, a rotation that's 9 10 deep you're able to stay a little bit fresher rested, yeah um and be able to have more effort on the defensive end last things before we move on to the to the women's team um i thought really good atmosphere in memorial um coming off of last spring it was hot in that gym though it was it really was 90 90 degrees probably on the floor, which I, I thought might play to, to Vanderbilt's advantage, but it really didn't end up having much no. of an effect on the game. But I it left, was hot. I left with a headache. I went there. I was wearing like a white sweatshirt <laughs> for the whiteout. Oh, you wore a sweatshirt? And I was like, I was like I'm going to wear the sweatshirt, so who cares? And I ha happened to have a blue shirt on underneath it, mm -hmm. and I had to take the sweatshirt off because I was going to pass out, and I was wearing Memphis blue for the entire game. I, uh, really I can't remember a time when the, the no air conditioning at Memorial has, has come up worse than it did 
on Monday night. I mean, it was it's been hot here in Nashville, so yeah. I think that that was it'll cool down on Friday. Yeah, that better. was that was interesting. Okay, so moving on to to the women's team, um, Shay Ralph did it again. She's got a, a nice little win on the road over Western Kentucky. Um, I, I thought the transfers looked really good in this one. Obviously, really we were good. we were both at the men's game, so we just had to had to watch afterwards. But yeah, um, Harbison from from St. Louis, almost Fantastic. thirty points. Yeah, and if she's going to be able to get buckets like that, I think that kind of changes the outlook of this team. Someone I had talked about a lot in the preseason, just in terms of being a consistent down low um, post presence that we had seen develop over the back half of last year. Sasha Washington, thirteen and eight. Um, and two blocks. I think that, I mean, if you're going to get that from her, you're going to be set up really yeah. nicely down low. Um, and then uh, Yabarion Chambers, so 10 and 8, is, is that right? Yep. Yeah. Um, so I think you got a lot of good contributions from um, from kind of your, your key top players that you're expecting them to come from, but at the same time to be able to go on the road and get a win as shorthanded as, as Vanderbilt is coming into the season, I thought was, was an encouraging sign. And, you know, just kind of... Um, a continuation of, of the belief that we've had in, in Shea. Yeah, and I think what we saw in this game is really a tale of two halves. It was 30, yeah. 34 points in the first half, and 18 of those were Harbison, <laughs> um, and the rest of it was like a layup from pretty much everyone else. But in the second half, I feel like they found their groove, they found their identity, they got yep. moving, they got loose, and all of a sudden we see Sasha put in 13 points. Yabarian put in 10 points. Like The outlook changed in just a half and I think that the second half is a much better indicator of what this team looks like obviously I agree they're not deep the way that we thought they might be and they're missing Ayana um score wise and then Jordan uh defensively yeah that being said 21 turnovers forced by the Commodores yeah which is an excellent number um and it's just you know that's Shea Ralph's identity, right? That's, so that's, there's there's only so much that we're going to be able to take away from this one because we don't we have no concept for how good Western Kentucky is. I two, don't think they're that good, but still road win. Exactly two because yeah, it's the first game of the season, like yeah. you said, and three because we we're, we're just seeing all these new transfers and how they um, are going to kind of mesh and inform um, this year's group. But yeah. I think you have to just I mean even after one game and and, and the women play again tonight. Um, here in a couple hours, but I think you have to just have respect for the way that Shea, um, no matter what the rosters look like, injuries or not, um, and, and you know uh, the across multiple months last season of a, of a long season, um, you have to respect the way that that her schemes have have permeated whatever this group has looked like, and you know players this, buy in, right? The players buy in, and, and she's always going to put a team on the floor that plays hard defensively, that that is able to create turnovers, and I think does what they. Um, they can on offense in terms of letting their best players get looks. That's going to keep them in a lot of games. Right. That, and I that's, think that's what you got to do. I, I think that that, you know, was a really encouraging sign that, that, you know, no matter um, that it was on the road, no matter that, you know, it was with a new group of players, you know, no matter that it wasn't um, with Ayanna Moore or, or even Brene Alexander, this team's identity was still very similar to how it was when they were playing really well down the stretch last year. And that's emblematic of good coaching. Yeah. Yep. I think I think so for sure. So the women will take on um, Sanford tonight. They uh, make their home opener at Memorial Gym. That one will be um, again just just interesting to get some more context. Obviously, um, not the most difficult opening to the season, but I think nope. um, you know good for for this team especially to kind of get their legs under them and, and test some of that depth that that maybe we thought they were um, you know they were going to have that that now is going to be filled by different players so um okay so moving on to um 
NCAA tournament, totally, totally shifting gears here. Yep. Um, staying on the women's side, we'll talk a little bit of soccer. Um, so we talked last time out about, or, or was it right after that that Alabama and uh, and Vanderbilt played? Was that on our we on our episode ended, last week? We ended the game, or we ended the podcast, and the game started. Okay, so we had done a preview. We were like still, I was still editing in here when yeah. Vanderbilt scored their first goal. Yeah. Um, so. Um, we had talked about how Alabama was, you know, a great team this year. Yeah, um, that's an understatement, honestly. Yeah, one of the best that's, that's been in the SEC in, in a couple of years, undefeated in the conference. Um, you know, one of the best teams in the country. Vanderbilt took them really down and a to half the wire. Minutes, yeah, and um, it took a very controversial, yeah, call on Abina Adu in the box um, to give Alabama a penalty kick. I also felt, I don't know, to those of you that watched the game. Definitely some bias from the refs here. Amber Wynn got basically tackled in Alabama's box right at the beginning of the second period. No call, and then the Adu call was just like exactly opposite. You yeah. know, if you're gonna if you're gonna call it aggressively and you're not gonna call those plays, then you yeah. can't call it within within the last thirty seconds. Yeah, and I, you know, especially in a game like that, that that is. So big, but thankfully, you know, I think from that performance and, and from what Vanderbilt was able to scrap together in the SEC um, tournament, they were able to get a, a bid into the, the NCAAs. They're yeah. going to face off against um, number 25, Clemson. And, you know, like we were talking about with Ralph, I think Ambrose, um, Darren Ambrose, the the head coach for the soccer team, um, again, it has just kind of earned the, the benefit of the doubt in terms of getting this group ready for, for yeah. this time of the year. And I think despite... Like you had mentioned, some of the you know eventual shortfalls that that happened against Alabama, whether it be kind of just because of um, you know the Crimson Tide's talent or because of the the, the refereeing that, yeah. that had been involved. There were a lot of factors working. I mean, they were worn down. They had exactly Arkansas yeah. less than forty eight hours before then. They and, were and they, they kind of I mean they got up one zero. Um, from there, they were on the defense, right? And the it kind of parked to the, the bus game. for for the rest of the game. Yeah, um, it, it it worked for the most part. I will say. Well, Jelko probably played the game of her career. Yeah. I've never really seen a goalkeeping performance like it. She had probably two or three stellar saves, like can save of the year candidate type yeah. saves. And and we've talked about a little bit of that um, you know, turnstile and net this year, right? So they've I, both stepped up when they've needed. Exactly. Kate Devine and Sarah Wajelko have both been excellent when needed. It's really been a, a next man a next woman up mentality. Yeah. And again, emblematic of Ambrose as a coach. Exactly. They're going to go out exactly there. Exactly what I was getting to. They're going to perform. Um, so thoughts on the, the upcoming matchup with Clemson? I think it's a very winnable game. Yeah. I, I've been high, as everyone knows, on this team the entire season. I felt, especially the past month or so, since the South Carolina game, they've been relatively disrespected by the rankings committee. Mm-hmm. I think that, I mean, Vanderbilt went 11-4-4. Four, and four. Clemson went 8-4-5. and five. Clemson's ranked. Vanderbilt's not. Yeah. In the um, SEC at that. Yeah, I, I, the ACC is a competitive conference as well, but I think you have to just take that into account. They just beat Arkansas. They they took Alabama the distance. Like, this is an SEC championship like caliber team. I'm not really sure why they're not ranked within the tournament. They'll go on <laughs> the they, road. They'll have a chance to prove themselves. Yeah, I think. they will. I think, I think uh, that they will. I really do. You know, on the national stage tomorrow, we'll, we'll see kind of, you know, if they're – and I think they've had the benefit of a couple of days of rest. If if they're not too worn down after that NCC tournament, I think we'd both like them to um, to kind of showcase their run, abilities, yeah. yeah, and make make a run in this tournament. Um, Quick okay. shout out before we oh, move go ahead, on yeah. to Peyton Cutshall, 
if Sam were here, I'm sure he'd be apologizing <laughs> too because we've kind of, I don't want to say ragged on her, but we've definitely given her some, some, some yeah, you guys have, it, she hasn't been your favorite. Yeah. And she actually, she scored two goals in the SEC tournament. Yeah. Named she stepped up big. All SEC tournament first team. Having a, a fifth year senior moment perhaps. Yeah. And maybe it'll continue through, through the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Okay. So, um, moving on to football last. Oh boy. Oh boy. Indeed. I think yeah. we're both, uh. We're both on the tail end of our uh, <laughs> we're footballed out of our football uh, our football coverage at this point. So Vanderbilt lost to South Carolina on Saturday to drop to three and six on the year. Um, I mean, if they win out, they can still make a bowl, but uh, very feasible. definitely feasible definitely getting less and less um, less and less possible as these games keep uh, getting dropped. And I think you know similar story, obviously. Before we can even talk about um, on the field, there was there was a lot of um, news and controversy off the field with yep. uh, with Vanderbilt defensive backs coach Dan Jackson, um, who on Friday the night before the South Carolina game, um, it, it surfaced on Twitter that that he had backed um, Kanye West, who who has made recent anti-Semitic and, and racist comments in the media, um, which obviously created kind of a a PR nightmare, nightmare prior to the game, um, and he ended up coaching on Saturday. We were we were covering throughout, um, and I, I think you know having, regardless of of individual opinion on the matter, having having Dan you know take a step back and and be suspended for the time being really alleviates distraction from from the football team at hand um, because I I think that that was kind of a, a cloud um, and, and something aside from from the game that that really war on on the team um and i think on the on the fans as well over the over the last couple of days before um you know some type of announcement had been um public yeah i agree i mean the the secondary has not been particularly strong all year yeah but this was probably their low point performance wise and i think they look distracted out there i know you it, you, you have to think way. that there was you there know, was obviously yeah other stuff going on we we had talked about you know, trying to get Spencer Rattler to to throw on on the Vanderbilt defense in the day before in our podcast, the day before all this came out, um, and he it's, did exactly that. And, it's his and best it looked like in like a thousand days. I'm not even kidding. Yeah, and it looked like not only he was kind of slicing right through the the Vanderbilt defense, but also that the secondary just was a step slow and, and clearly had their minds elsewhere. Um, in total, Rattler went 16 for 23 for 186 yards and three touchdowns. Um, not insane, but he, I mean, he was for not, him. Yeah. Yeah. And he was not having a ton of trouble, um, with Vanderbilt's defense. Nah, he was, he was reading it like a book. He could have done, he could have done more if he wanted to. I mean, their receiver threw a touchdown. Yeah. The, it, I mean, it's just tough at this point. Uh, Vanderbilt's secondary is really not, you know, other than Missouri, not had a single, um, positive performance on the yeah. year and, and, um, you know we've talked about we've talked about that a lot and and if you're gonna give up 37 points there's only so much that you can do to to win football games and I thought even you know with that in mind Vanderbilt still had chances to the door was to, to give themselves you know um, you know maybe even a late opportunity to win this game and, and they just weren't able to take it obviously um, what was it, in total four turnovers for the offense yep. as well. Um, it felt like they, they, they were hanging around and you kept just waiting for them to take the next step and it right. felt like they had and an entire half to do so and it just never manifested. I, th- I thought that A.J. Swan looked decent while he yeah. was out there in the first couple of quarters. I, th- I thought Mike 
right? Looks, he looks decent. Solid, but yeah, the offense moved the ball nicely. Ray Davis had a career day. Yeah, Ray Davis looks good, rushes, but you're, yards. you're only gonna, you know, you're only going to um, be able to win so many games when you turn the ball over four times and yeah, um, and you're giving up huge chunk plays in the passing defense. Um, and I thought, you know, we've both said that this offense has looked a lot better since the Missouri game. Um, but even with that said, or looked a lot better, I should say, this week since the Missouri game. But, yeah. but even with that said, um, just you know, playing undisciplined and, and kind of the the uh, the hole that you have in your in your secondary is just not gonna not gonna win you a lot of games. Um, and, and so I think that you know, trying to improve on that from a schematic point uh, of view and really emphasizing not turning the ball over and not. Um, you know, maybe dropping back a little bit, you know, hopefully not trying to allow some of these huge, massive 50-plus yard plays that, that really derail drives for the defense um, is going to be able to give Vanderbilt a little bit better of a chance to at least have a fighting shot in these last three games at Kentucky, um, home for Florida, and then home for Tennessee to, to hopefully end this what is it, 26-game SEC losing streak now. Um, I, I'm 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 less hopeful that it's gonna happen before I uh, before I leave. <laughs> bummer. I'm not, I'm not feeling hopeful that it's gonna happen while I'm here. Yeah. Until sophomore. Um, I think this team, simply put, does not have the talent that other SEC teams have, and I think in order to succeed with a lack of talent across the roster, yeah, it's got to be a damn near perfect performance. Like you don't have to be the best, but you got to you know penalty free, turnover free to the best of your ability, and I think every week we've talked about this so much they keep shooting themselves in the right. foot. Turning it over on your first drive, penalties, four turnovers. And, and I think this games. is a, a big uh, critical juncture for Clark in that yep. we've, we've said from the outset that you know the, the talent on this team is obviously going to be less than pretty much every single opponent they play. But yep. for this team to be as sloppy in game... 11 or 10 whenever we're on as you know it was in game three against wake forest i I think that there needs to be something shown and look i'm not you know the the repercussions of that is not going to be firing clark or something like that but you know i think that for vanderbilt fans to have some type of confidence moving forward you're gonna have to see something these next three games because you know as encouraging as mizzou was at times you know when you couple it with the way that vanderbilt lost to south carolina and those who were probably their two most winnable games you really don't feel strong about the the way that um this talent is being elevated you know obviously the talent itself compared to other teams is is not the same but there's something to be said for that talent being coached and that talent being you know disciplined um and playing within a structure that i think you're going to have to start seeing as we get towards the end of year two here. Yeah, I mean, I think we talked about it with, with Oric when he was on a couple of weeks ago Yeah, playing a complete game because we saw right. in Sol Miss they played a complete half. We saw against Missouri they played a complete game defensively. We saw against South Carolina they played a pretty complete game offensively. Obviously, turnovers are not great. Yeah. 28 points is their best output in the SEC this season, I believe. Um, and... The defense just couldn't couldn't follow it up, and we need and, to see. And my discipline. point being that that I think at a certain point, as we get into the the real late stages of the season, that's gonna fall on Clark more than it is on the on the talent deficiencies on this team. I'm with you 100. percent I think it's starting to fall on Clark. I think he's he's got some wiggle room still. I think he's I, I still support him. Yeah. But 
every game that passes that stuff like this happens, it makes it a little bit harder and harder to feel confidence with this program. Yeah, and, and special teams-wise, obviously, this is not his particular fault, but, you know, Joey Bolivis 0 for 3 in the past two weeks. I just, they just haven't been clean um, in the areas of the game where, where you you can be to kind of make up for the talent gap. Um, they're going to go up to Lexington this week. You know, not a... a Relatively speaking, not the most unwinnable game. Um, Kentucky isn't amazing this year. No. They've, certainly, they've been underwhelming all season. Yeah, and, and certainly in years past, I think Vanderbilt has matched up even worse with Kentucky. Um, but a different Kentucky team than usual, given that, that Will Levis is having a NFL-worthy um, season and, and was considered for the Heisman for a little bit of time in their, their um you know their rush game isn't necessarily as strong as strong as it's been in in years past, which obviously has been you know the hallmark of this program. Yeah, I think that Will Levis has had his times that he struggled this season. Overall, he's he's an NFL first round pick, like yep. top five talks. Um, and whether or not like I maybe don't agree with that entirely. That being said, we've seen what like Jackson Dart and Spencer Rattler have done to this defense, and it's not going to be a good matchup against a quarterback like Will Levis that's that's much more NFL caliber. And I don't think that, you know, speaking of Rattler last week, I I don't think that Vanderbilt has had a ton of success against NFL quarterbacks this year, whether it be Bryce Young or whether it be um, Sam Hartman or... Or or in a few weeks from now, probably against Hennon Hooker. I'm looking forward to that, but uh, (laughs) even even like a Stetson Bennett... Um, so this one should be interesting. I'm curious to see on the other side of the ball, Mike Wright going to start this one for the first time since Wake Forest. Um, and I'm thinking that, you know, maybe that there's a chance that, that his veteran leadership is just what this program needs right now and kind of his steady demeanor. Um, cause AJ Swan, you know, not to take anything away from him has been really good, but there's a certain up and down quality with his play yeah. uh, and boom or bust. Um, that I think you know Wright doesn't necessarily have the the ceiling that that AJ Swan does or, you know not doesn't necessarily doesn't have the ceiling that that AJ Swan does, but um, it, if Vanderbilt's able to kind of get that ground game going that we saw in the first couple of games, if he's able to to roll out and make easy throws and add another dimension to this offense, I think there could be um, an opportunity for Vanderbilt to get a couple of points on the board and, I think and you so know, too. hopefully um, hang in this one, especially. Um, if they're able to kind of control the the time of possession and control what they do offensively and not turn the ball over. Yeah, I mean, it's very similar to what we talked about, I feel, with, with Ole Miss and even with um, Alabama and Georgia. Like, you just want to see them compete. You yep. want to you want to be able to look at this Into game the fourth quarter. You want to be, <laughs> be able to look at this game and be like, yeah, wow, they, they played clean football. Yep. Didn't shoot themselves in the foot necessarily. Yep, and they they got down the field when they needed to. They got stops every once in a while. I don't expect them to win this game by any means, but Kentucky is not so good the way that Alabama and Georgia are. They're not that good. Yeah, it's not it's not not a it's not a a one in one hundred chance. Yeah, you know, there's it's it's a type of game. A legitimate case to be made that that it could be a competitive one. So speaking of um, you know, getting back to it per usual um. Prediction for this week, Caden. I dropped my second prediction loss of the season. After, <laughs> a little bit too ambitious. After the South Carolina loss. I don't know. Even watching the performance, I stand with my prediction. They could have, and sh- in my opinion, they should have won that yeah, game. Yeah, I agree. Um, you weren't wrong. It's just uh, 
you know, reality, reality sh- doesn't necessarily align with all the uh, logistical points that we make in yeah. these podcasts. <laughs> yeah. Um, that being said, I don't really see a good performance against this Kentucky team. I think, yeah. like you said, they match up really poorly. I'm taking Kentucky 43, Vanderbilt 16. Oh, wow. I was going to do uh, uh, Kentucky 42, Vanderbilt 17. Wow. So we're right on the okay. same page here. You love to take uh, my prediction. I would love to be wrong. I would love for this game to be within, like, 14 points. I think that would be exciting. But yeah. I am not hopeful that that's going to be the case. Me neither, um, no. And then you're going to get Florida next week as, you know, your pretty much definitive last opportunity at a win because I don't, I don't think they're going to get anywhere near uh, Tennessee as no, sad as that I mean, is. So. I think it's going to end up being a road game against Tennessee, unfortunately. Yep. Um, all right. Well, well, we'll see how it all unfolds. Our, our Athletics Equinox podcast here. I know we went over a ton of stuff. Um, we'll see uh, a best of luck to the, to the women tonight against Samford. We've got men's basketball tomorrow. We've got soccer um, tomorrow as well. And then we've got football on Saturday. So super busy week here on West End. Thank you all for listening um, as usual. And uh, we'll see you next week.